Grab your Bible, 2 Peter chapter number 1. Who needs a lesson? Did anybody hand them out? Brother Buchanan's hand them out. Who forgot to pick up your lesson? Raise your hand real high, and we'll make sure you get a lesson. Two here, several over here. I should have known. I should have known. <laughs> Martin Pops, both of them. Amen. All right. Anybody else? Raise your hand real high. Raise your hand real high. Make sure everybody gets a lesson. Isn't it good to be saved? Amen. Isn't it good to be saved? Amen. Aren't you glad you go to a church that believes in eternal security? Amen. Amen. We are glad that Jesus saves and he saves for good. What he does, he does well. Amen. Second Peter chapter one in verse number one. If you found your spot, say amen. amen. You know, I'm really going to miss this thing out here. I don't know about y'all. We got one more revelation thing, but Mark, we might have to just keep it a while. I don't know, but, uh, uh, second Peter chapter two or chapter one, verse one says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace. Say those two words with me, be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. According to his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, I mean, that's give it all you got, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, how many of y'all believe the Bible? Amen. You believe the Bible? Amen. If ye do these things, I love this promise, ye shall never fall. Well, that's great, isn't it? How many of y'all have messed up as a Christian? How many of y'all... How many of y'all have messed up more than you wanted to? Look what it says. Ye shall never fall. Are y'all with me? Father, Lord, I pray that you'll bless us now tonight. Thank you for a, a good crowd. Lord, it's rainy, messy outside, but Lord, there's a lot of folks that come tonight to hear from you and to learn from your word. And Father, I pray that you'll guide and direct us as we, as we uh, swim through the current of scripture tonight. I pray, God, that your will be done. Uh, give us what we stand in need of. Help us to be better Christians today uh, than we were yesterday. Help us to grow and understand the truth. Lord, the only thing, the only thing that can, can come back a counterfeit is truth. And God, I pray that your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> to kind of get us into the study tonight, we have jumped out of 1 Peter into 2 Peter, the second letter that Peter wrote to the churches. The first letter we know, he wrote to the churches to help encourage them, to help strengthen them because of the fiery trials which were coming. In other words, the persecution, uh, uh, the grief that they were going to have to go through, the hardship they were going to have to go through, the battle that they were going to fight from the outside. Are y'all with me? From the in other words, the government, the culture, the world, everything that was going to come against the church on the outside, he was encouraging them, he was strengthening them, and he was talking about the grace of God. Say amen. amen. But the second letter, this letter that we're going to study now for the next few weeks, uh, this is a letter to help strengthen them for the battles they're going to face on the inside. On the inside. And you can believe this, the battles on the inside are just as important as the battles on the outside. And, and sometimes even more important because uh, I have seen churches that the devil couldn't destroy from the outside. Tornadoes couldn't tear it down. They just build it again. Uh, persecution could come from the government and the world and everything else. But what happens is the devil knows if he can come in and divide, he can conquer. So 
This is, this is where we're at today. Uh, Peter is trying to encourage them because there were going to be false uh, uh, doctrine taught. There was going to be false teachers come in to try to destroy the church from the inside out. Uh, and, and so that's very, very dangerous. So this is what this letter is attacking and dealing with. And, and, and so that is the purpose of this letter. Now, before he begins to talk about what is counterfeit, before he begins to talk about false uh, what is false doctrine and what the false teachers are and all of that kind of thing. He lays the table out and he shares first on what is true. How many of y'all have ever heard about the FBI money handlers that deal with counterfeit money when they're teaching them how to, how to detect counterfeit money, how to find counterfeit money? They make them spend day upon day upon day upon hour upon hour upon minute upon minute handling the real thing. You would think they would have them showing, okay, this is what this counterfeit, but it's not. They handle, they touch, they look at real money for hours and hours and hours and hours because when they do that, then the counterfeit sticks out like a thumb. And so what he is trying to do here in this particular first part of this letter in this chapter is I want to tell you what the truth is. I want to show you what a real Christian is. I want to show you the real graces and the real characteristics of a Christian that's going to be manifest in somebody's life. I want to show you the real deal. Because if you know the real deal, everything else will stick out like a sore thumb. Does that make sense? Say amen. amen. So let's, 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 uh, with that being said, let's dig into our letter uh, today. First, uh, let's look at the first couple of verses. Simon, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. You'll find the word, Peter likes the word precious. I mean, he uses it all the time. Uh, precious faith, uh, the precious Savior, uh, a precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Three things that we're going to learn through this first particular chapter, through the first half of this chapter. First off, the Christian life begins with faith. The, say that with me. The Christian life begins with faith. faith. It doesn't begin with good works. It doesn't begin with church attendance. It doesn't even begin with baptism. It doesn't, it doesn't begin with giving money. It begins with faith. It starts with faith. Look what he said. The like precious faith. I have faith. Do you realize the same faith that Peter exercises is the same faith I exercise? The, the Christian life begins with faith. For by grace are you saved through all right. Now, here's some things about faith that I want you to see. Faith, A, involves a person. My, I don't have faith just to have faith. My faith is in something. My faith is in the person of Jesus Christ. I'm dependent on Jesus to keep me out of hell. I'm dependent on the blood of Christ to wash my sins away. My faith is in the person of Jesus Christ. It says in verse number one, a like precious faith with uh, uh, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. He calls him Savior and Lord. We needed a Savior. A sinner needs a Savior. Amen? So it's in the person of Jesus Christ. Three things that we receive. When we receive the person of Christ, there's three commodities basically that comes with the Lord when we, when we receive him by faith. First is righteousness. Write that down. Righteousness. <clears throat> righteousness. The righteousness of God. We do not stand uh, before God with our own righteousness. You remember what we said Sunday when it comes to salvation uh, to a lost person? Our righteousness are as filthy rags in God's eyes. The very best deeds we can do, uh, the very best things we could, we could say, everything, the greatest we could ever offer unto God is as filthy rags. We do not stand before God in our righteousness, but in Christ's righteousness. When we receive him, we receive his righteousness. We receive his right life that he lived. We stand in good with God because of what Jesus has done. Amen? Righteousness. Then, then secondly, I love this, grace. Grace. Two words here that stood out. I, I read this over and over and over again. Uh, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus. Uh, grace. Grace is God's favor to the undeserving. God in his mercy does not give us what we do deserve. God in his grace gives us what we don't deserve. Our God is the God of all grace. Amen. Uh, his mercy says I'm not going to hell. 
His grace says, I'm going to heaven. His mercy says, I won't burn forever. But his grace says, I have a home prepared in his father's house. Are y'all with me? Grace is unmerited favor. I did not earn it. I could not get it on my own. It's not something because of what I have done. It's simply the grace of God. I'm saved because of the grace of God. I'm going to heaven because of the grace of God. I am loved because of the grace of God. It's not anything we could do. It's not anything who we are. It's simply the grace of God. That's why, that's why a good old boy and a murderer can sit in the same building and praise the same God because of the grace of God. And nobody can look down on another person because of their past, because the same grace that saved you saved them. And listen, when it, say amen. I got a lot to, I got three pages and I want to talk about that, but I'm not going to. Amen. Uh, Grace says y'all look the same at the table. Y'all remember Mephibosheth? Crippled in his feet. When he sat at the king's table, he looked like everybody else. That's grace. Everybody in here is, is level. I grew up a preacher's kid, and I never got in trouble. But listen, it don't matter who you are. There are people here that didn't know nothing about church until later on in their life. They spent time in prison. But because of grace, we stand together and praise Jesus. That comes through Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Multiplied. I'm glad he didn't say add it. Some of us may need more grace than others, but it's there. Amen. Multiplied. We have righteousness in verse 1, grace in verse 2. The end of verse 2, we have peace. Righteousness, grace, and peace. Peace. The results of this experience is peace. Peace with God, according to Romans 5. You see, we were at, we were at odds with God. We were enemies with God. And when we received Christ, we were friends again. Jesus brought a, a wicked man and a wonderful master together. And because of Jesus, I have peace with God. But not only that, I have the peace of God. Philippians 4, 6. I, you, need, you, you, you study Philippians 4, you'll find out that if you do right and you do what you're supposed to do, you not only have the peace of God, but you'll have the God of peace. You, and let me explain the difference. Because some of y'all are looking like that's the same thing. It's not the same thing. The peace of God and the God of peace. Here's the illustration. Uh, when, when I was a kid... We had, we, we had some hogs, and, 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 and we had to feed them scraps after supper at night. And, and it was always after dark. They couldn't do it during the day, but it had to be after dark. And, and it was like the hog pen was like 150 yards, 200 yards behind the house through the, the dense forest with boogers and goblins. And <laughs> Actually, there was no forest, but there was goblins. <laughs> Amen. I and there was something about the trip. It, the going wasn't so bad. It was the return trip that was bad. Y'all with me? I don't know what it is, but as long as the house is behind you, uh, it's okay. Or, or I, I don't know, but you go out there, and, and man, it gets so spooky and so bad, you'd, you'd run to the fence and, and just throw it over and tear out and run. And, 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 and on the way back, you could feel them breathing down your neck. And, and, and sometimes... Sometimes, and this is, this is, this, let me illustrate. I'm, I'm getting carried away, but let me hear. This, this is the peace of God. Dad would say, everything's going to be all right. You go on out there, ain't nothing going to mess with you. Ain't nothing going to, I'm going to watch you. I'm going to watch you, right? Everything's going to be all right. That's the peace of God. But then when he knew we were so tore up about it, he said, why don't I just go with you? That's the God of peace. And the peace of God is great. But I tell you what, it don't compare to when the God of peace goes with you. Are y'all with me? That right there, preach right there, amen. But we're going to move to B, amen. Faith, faith involves a person. 
Faith involves, why do people miss Wednesday night? I don't get this. This is great, isn't it? Isn't this wonderful study in the Bible? Faith involves a person, the person of Jesus Christ. Your faith is in something. We don't just have faith. Don't say, I got faith. What is your faith in? It's in the person of Jesus Christ. Then B, faith involves power. If there wasn't power involved, faith wouldn't be worth much, would it? It says this. According, and let me back up a minute. This ain't really in your notes, but this is something that stood out to me. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. I don't have no peace in my life. Maybe you don't have enough knowledge. Well, I just don't feel the grace of God. Maybe you haven't learned enough. And maybe you haven't learned enough because you can't find your Bible. We might need to look it up, find it, search it out, go buy another one, go to Lost and Found. There's several there. And get our Bible. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to mock. I'm trying to make light of a serious situation because we have so many Christians that are they're just wigging out. They have no peace whatsoever when they should be the most peaceful people in the world. And the reason why are they neglecting the very thing that's going to give them the peace they need. And we're going to find this over and over and over throughout this study. We're going to see this a lot. But faith involves a power. Verse 3. According, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through, there it is again, through what? Knowledge. Knowledge. You're going to find that word over and over and over. Thirteen times, I think, in these three chapters. Thirteen times, nowhere knowledge is found. And this, this just shows how important this is. Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Power. Power. Faith involves a person. Faith involves power. The Christian life begins with saving faith. Faith in the person of Jesus Christ. But when you know Jesus Christ personally, you also experience God's power. And this power produces life and godliness. Say that with me. Life and godliness. The unsaved sinner is dead. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, you are dead in your trespasses and in sins. Are y'all with me? Uh, And only Christ can raise him from the dead. When you are born into the family of God by faith in Christ, you are born complete. God gives you everything you will ever need for life and godliness. Nothing has to be added. And you are complete in him, according to Colossians 2.10. Just as a normal baby is born with all the equipment he needs for life and only needs to grow, so the Christian has all that is needed and only needs to grow. God never has to call back any of his models because something is lacking or faulty. How many of y'all have ever, ever, ever uh, seen that person that just looked like a super Christian? I mean, they looked like they had it all together, and, 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 and it just seemed like they, they just, if, they, if, they, if you had a prayer request, that was the one you was going to tell. I'm going to go tell so-and-so. They, they seem like, guess what? The moment they got saved and the moment you got saved, y'all inherited the same thing. I mean, you can, you can see, uh, I, I, I've gone to the gym several times and observed people. Uh, uh, they, these people in there, this just, you, you, you just think, Really? Lord, couldn't you have made me a little bit more like them people right there? I'm talking about start like this and just, you know, are y'all with me? I'm talking about gentlemen, y'all. I'm I'm talking about (laughs) muscle bound, just got. I'm like, great, day in the morning. Then I go look in the mirror. (laughs) And you know what? They got the same muscle structure I've got. Every muscle I have, they have. Every one they have, I. We've just done stuff different. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And here's the point: 
Sometimes we think that God just likes other people better than us. When they've taken the time to develop what God gave them, the same thing God gave you. What kind of what kind of faith did what kind of faith did Jesus tell them? If you had this kind of faith, you you could just you could basically he says you could do the impossible. What kind of faith? Faith as a grain of a mustard. And most people get out all mixed up, say, "Oh, if you had this much faith, I got that much." Y'all with me? It's gonna take more than that much to move a mountain. He wasn't saying the size, the the quantity or the amount. He was talking about the kind. You can put a seed in the ground and it can grow. Are y'all with me? And this this is the deal. God has given you the power you need to be what you need to be. God has given the power you need. Everything you need to do what God's called you to do, you got. The question is, what are we doing with it? What are we doing with this great power, this great ability, this great strength that God has given us? What are we doing with it? Faith involves power. Faith involves promises. I love this one. Four. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Precious faith. Precious promises. And and you're holding them in your hand if you brought your Bible tonight. Those are precious promises. Now, I know, I know, I'm smart enough to know that every promise in the Bible is not mine. And some of y'all need to get that. Some are to the Jewish people. Some are, you know, every single promise in the Bible is not to everybody. But I got enough in there that's mine. Y'all with me? Uh, Exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. God has not only given us all that we need for life and godliness, but he has also given us his word to enable us to develop this life and godliness. These promises are great because they come from a great God and they lead to a great life. They are precious because their value is beyond calculation. Watch this. All right, in in the power, in the power we talked about uh, every baby, every baby is born with every, every, every normal, uh, normal child that's born. If it's healthy and there's nothing wrong, uh, a healthy baby has everything it needs for life, prosperity, growth, you name it, everything helps. It's all there. It's got all the components. It's got all the parts it needs. But then what, what, what does that, what do we put in that baby's mouth? Milk. What does the Bible say the word of God is? milk as babes desire the sincere milk of the word and as that baby begins to grow and develop we move from milk to meat or we're supposed to but we can only move from milk to meat according to the development of the baby Because if the baby develops naturally and it grows the teeth it needs and it grows the the intestinal uh, 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 situations, amen, right there. All of that that's necessary, you can move from milk to meat. But if the baby does not grow and the baby does not develop, then you can't. So what's happening? All over America, we've got a bunch of babies. And that's why there's fighting and squabbling and carrying on and weakness and, and, and the gospel's not getting out like it's supposed to. It's not because they don't have what they need. God gave them that. The moment they got saved, they got everything they needed. The meat's there, the milk's there, but they're not receiving in order for the development to take place for them to become strong, vibrant Christians. And let me say this. If the only spiritual feeding that you're doing is on Sunday morning and Wednesday night, you are anemic. You're anemic. And you'll never be to your full potential till you get to that place where God gives you something. We'll come back to that. 
The Christian life begins with faith. Say that with me. Say it with me. The Christian life, the key word there is begins. We just start there. That's just the beginning. Listen, you, the, the, the profession of faith that you make and you, you, you put your faith in Christ, that's just the beginning. That's the start. But, number two, faith results in spiritual growth. Real faith. Real faith. Not your profession, but real faith. Because there's people who have professed faith, but they've never grown. But true faith results in growth. Something's going to take place. Something is going to respond. Something is going to happen. Why? Because in verse 4 it says this. When we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, when true faith has taken place, through the promises that God gives us in his word, by these ye might be partakers of the divine, the divine, write that down, A. Two things I want to talk about. The divine nature is the first one. The divine nature. Not the corrupt nature, the divine nature. You were born with a corrupt nature. You were, you were born wanting to sin. You, you were born with a, with a nature that, that, that liked to sin. Y'all with me? And, and you still got it. If, if, if sin wasn't fun, it wouldn't be tempting. If, if, if there wasn't pleasure in sin, then, then, then you know, we wouldn't have such a hard time fighting against it. Am I right? So that's the way we were born. We were born with a corrupt nature. We were born with a, 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 a sinful nature. But the moment we got saved, we became partakers of the divine nature. What is the divine nature? His nature. His nature. When the sinner believes on Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God uses the Word of God to impart the life and nature of God within. A baby shares the nature of its parents, and a person born of God shares the divine nature of God. It's kind of like this. When, when a baby's born, everybody, you know, oh, my goodness, he looks just like his daddy. Or he just looks, he just looks like his mama and and I'm thinking, God knows they in bad shape if they look like that. Amen. <laughs> babies, I don't care what y'all say, babies don't look like nothing. Say amen. <laughs> now, as they grow, they take care of it. And yeah, I know what y'all think. Well, I see it. I see it in his nose. He's just got his. <laughs> anyway, just like a baby will take on the nature and characteristics of its parents. It may, it, may be, it may be skin tone. It may be uh, the, 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 the facial features. It may be a lot of things. Have you ever, have you ever seen, especially as they grow older, uh, seen an expression of the child and it looked just like the expression their, their father makes or their, their mother makes? That's scary, isn't it? Why? They have the same nature. They have the same nature. And according to the word, when we are saved, we take upon the nature of our father, which is great. Because we can't do this on our own. We cannot accomplish what God wants us to accomplish on our own. So we have been given his nature. We share the nature of our father. Now let's talk about nature a minute. What does nature do? What does nature do? First, number one, nature determines appetite. Nature determines appetite. The pig won't slop. The dog will even, will even eat its own vomit. But the sheep desires green pastures. Your nature will determine your appetite. Now, I'm going to say something about that here in just a minute uh, under, under nurture. But uh, we should have a different appetite. If we have taken on the nature of our Father in heaven, we should desire different things than we did when we were lost. I've, I've, I've had people say this, and I, I kind of like their saying. It says, you know what? Uh, uh, I, don't, I, I didn't have to quit drinking. I wanted to. Or I didn't stop drinking. I just changed fountains. My desires changed. My appetites changed. The things I desired in my life 
change. Not only does your nature determine your appetite, but your nature determines your activity, the stuff you do. Not only what you desire, but the stuff you do. An eagle flies because it has an eagle's nature. A dolphin swims because that is the nature of the dolphin. It's what they do. You know, you forgive because that should be your nature. We, we, we are respectful and we are kind and we, we, we do these things because that should be our nature. It's what we do. We're Christians. All right? Nature determines your appetite. Nature determines your activity. Nature determines the atmosphere. Squirrels climb trees. Moles burrow underground. Trout swim in the water. I've never been bass fishing and pulled up the line and had a squirrel on the end. If he did, I'd say, what are you doing there? All right, with that being said, I wonder how many places we'd go and see someone and say, what are you doing in here? I remember when I graduated high school, uh, I was, I was hanging out with some guys and, and, and uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Remember Tate? Yeah. Uh, anyway, they want to go to a party. Ain't never been no party. I thought it's about time I go. So we, we turned the block. I was riding with these guys. We turned the block, and man, you could, you could hear it. You could hear it two blocks away. Immediately, I started feeling weird. Like, I, 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 I don't think I need to go over there. And it wasn't because I thought he was going to find out. Closer we got, the worse I felt. I didn't want to tell them that. I tried to keep that. We got out walking through the yard. I, I'm, I'm telling you, this, this image is in my head right now. Walking through the yard, and, and, and man, they're just having, they're drinking and everything, and, 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 and I walk in the house, and man, I'm almost about to vomit. Guys over here shooting pool, they're dancing in the living room, they're just having, everybody's having a big time. Everybody's smiling but me. Because I couldn't breathe in that atmosphere. Because it wasn't my nature. And I'm not saying I'm better than nobody or I'm good. I'm just saying, I'm just saying how I felt. I'm not condemning them people. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just telling you it wasn't it wasn't the atmosphere that I felt comfortable in. I can walk in here and feel at home. I've gone into church service, couldn't wait to get in there, couldn't wait to get in my small group, couldn't wait to get around God's people because that's the atmosphere that my nature craves. And if you're craving that nature and this bothers you, you need to check up because something's wrong. Nature determines atmosphere. Nature determines association. Lions travel in pride, sheep in flocks and fish in schools. Check out, check out your associates. Check out your associates. Now, let me, let me clarify this because I don't want you to misunderstand me because uh, I, don't, I don't think this means you can't have lost friends because if you never have lost friends, you're never going to reach them. But if the closest people to you are unconverted, something's wrong. You need to have saved friends. You need to have saved associates. You need to have people that, that, listen, birds of a feather will flock together and they will fall together. You need to hang around people that have the same desires you have and want to go the same direction you are. And if people are trying to pull you in a different direction and you're wanting to go, they're not the friends you need. Why? Because they have a different nature. And two different natures are not going to coexist. They cannot coexist. Uh, uh, an eagle cannot live in the atmosphere of the, the salmon, and the salmon cannot coexist in the atmosphere of the eagle. It just don't work. Are y'all with me? 
You've inherited a divine nature. And this is something God has to give you. This is something God has to give you, and God will give you. The moment you get saved, God gives you this divine nature. Now, what's he trying to do? He's trying to make it easy on you. He's trying to help you. He knows we can't do this on our own. From the time Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, we've been messed up ever since. So if we're going to be what God wants us to be and accomplish what God wants us to accomplish, he's got to help us. So he gives us his nature. He gives us his word. He gives us his power. He gives us his spirit. Are y'all with me? Now watch. We see a divine nature, but here's, the, here's where we're messing up. This is where we're struggling. This is where, we, where we're just all jacked up right here. We have the divine nature, but the problem is we don't have a disciplined nurture. We don't have a disciplined nurture. He says in verse number five, besides this, and beside this, in other words, after God has done all of this, he's given you his righteousness, he's given you his grace, he's given you his peace, he's given you his power, he's given you his promises, he's given you his divine nature. Now with God doing all this, there's something you got to do. Give all diligence. If we feed, man, I love this. This is great. If we feed the new nature, the nourishment of the word, then we will have little interest in the garbage of the world. But, but, now now let me say this. What we're fixing to read, good Christians can do this. Good Christians do do this. I found myself doing this. And I'm sure somewhere along the line in your life, you've done this before. But if we make provision for the flesh, our sinful nature will lust after the old sins. And we will disobey God. If we provide for the flesh. See, your flesh don't want to pray. Your flesh don't want to read the Bible. Your flesh don't want to go to church. Your flesh gave you 27 reasons tonight why you should have stayed home. And tons of other people listen to it. Right? Your flesh wants to watch the wrong things on, on, on TV. Your flesh wants to listen to gossip and chime in. Your flesh wants to feed on ungodly stuff that will cause. Now, here's what it does. It causes you to hunger more for worse stuff. It's, it's kind of like drugs. You take a little bit of this, and it helps you for a little bit, or it, it does something for you, but then you got to take a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more to the point that it has no, it has no effect. So you got to have it more extreme more powerful, more, are y'all with me? And this is the same way. Oh, that few moments we watched that one TV show, it didn't know, but it made you crave more. Boy, we're going to, if, if some of us will get this, it's really going to help us. Because you don't mean to do, to get stupid and act ignorant and do things you know is, uh, but what happened is you allowed this little bit, but then that made you want this much more. And then by, by that time, you know, you didn't, you didn't, fellas didn't end up on a porn site just going straight to it. No, they saw a girl in a bikini on, on, on a sports website. They was on Fox Sports and, and that led to, and that, and, and, and see, so what happens is, is we're feeding the wrong thing. And if we find ourselves constantly messing up and and constantly having issues and constantly having problems, that might mean we're feeding the wrong nature. And if we spend time feeding the right nature, we're going to walk in victory. We're going to walk in power. We're going to walk in ability. We're going to have the power of God in our life, in the the presence of God. Are y'all with me? Man, that's that's, that's what's happening. That's what's happening. It's, It's not... The big problem is not the sins we are committing. 
It's the nurture we're feeding that causes us to do that. Man, I'm, I'm telling y'all, it's teaching tonight. If we can get this, if we can get this, mercy. Godly living is the result of cultivating the new nature within. Do you understand what I just said? What we are desiring is a byproduct. And you know what I think a lot of us are, are, are doing this where we're messing up? We're trying hard to do good. When if we would just cultivate that nature inside of us, that'll be a byproduct. But what we're doing is we're feeding the old nature trying to do good. But while we're feeding the old nature, the old nature makes us want more of what's bad so we can't do good. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting. Y'all need to help me. Now, I don't know if I'm helping any ladies, but I, I should be helping some men right here. Because if it's a byproduct, if it's a byproduct, we're struggling to, to have this and victory and all of this in our life. When God says, I tell you what, if you, you just feed my spirit in your, in your life, I'll handle all that. But what we do is we walk in the house and we pick up the remote and, and set down our Bible. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Watching too much TV. Listening to stuff. And, and everything's a trigger. And you, you got to know it for whatever's in your own life. What, what, what makes you go from here to here to here to here? What, what is it? He says, feed that new nature. Listen to, you could, hey, it's as simple, it's as simple as uh, uh, listening to the wrong radio station. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing you can listen to one song and go to something that happened to you in high school? That rock song goes to play and you start remembering things I don't need to remember. I didn't go, I didn't get in my truck playing on sinning. I got my truck to go get the bread she told me to get. And all of a sudden this song comes on and I'm thinking things I ain't thought about in a long time. What, so what did I do? I just fed my flesh. Does this make sense? And so, so the devil's so slick. He won't, he won't just say, hey, you need to be lusting after this situation. No, no, no. He'll, he'll, he'll reel you in slowly. He'll just give you a little morsel. And, 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 and. But I tell you what, if you're walking with Christ, and if you, you've been really fellowshipping in his presence, the moment you get in that truck and you crank up that truck and it's on the wrong station, that song comes on, you're going to think, what the garbage Because, see, your appetite's more honed to spiritual things. Have you ever noticed this? That we're out of time. <laughs> That's what we noticed. Uh, have you ever noticed that the closer you get to God, the more stuff bothers you? And the further away from God, stuff that really should bother you, See, here's, here's what, an issue that we have as Christians. We have a sensitivity issue. I, I, think, I think what's happened in a lot of Christians' lives is like when you walk into a room and, and it's, you know, you out of this bright daylight and you walk in this room and it's so dark, you can't see anything. You know, your eyes are, and, and, but the longer you stay in there, your eyes adjust and you begin to see, pick out things. You get used to the dark. And I think, you know, Jesus, he said it well. He said the love of many will wax cold because iniquity abounds. It says that Lot, Lot was a good guy. Lot done some stupid things. But according to scripture, it says that Lot vexed his righteous soul by what he saw all around him. And the word vex means to torture. 
as a Christian, we see wickedness all around us, and it tortures that new nature. And, and, and what happens, it desensitizes us to sin. And we're around it all the time. You can't, go to, you, can't, you can't go get a Milky Way at Dollar General without seeing a naked woman in a magazine right there in front of your face. It's everywhere. On the radio. I, I saw a commercial. I saw a commercial about a, a guy with a razor advertising a razor. And, and, and they bleeped it out. But I know what he said. And I'm like, on a shaving commercial? Really? I'm talking about on primetime TV. What's the point? All of that's out there. And we can't walk around like it's not. It is. And it's going to be. So what do we do? We feed that new nature. We, we, we immerse ourselves in the word of God. And we do everything we can to keep our spirit right. Because that new nature, it has to be cultivated. Godly living is the result of cultivating the new nature within. Where there is life, there must be growth. The new birth is not the end, it's the beginning. God gives his children all they need to live godly lives. But his children must apply themselves and be diligent to use the means of grace he has provided. Spiritual growth is not automatic. Say that with me. Say it again. It requires cooperation with God and the application of spiritual diligence and discipline. Work out your own salvation, for it is God which worketh in you. Turn with me real quickly to Philippians 2, and we'll, we'll, we'll make this a stopping point. Philippians chapter number 2. <clears throat> Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Chapter 2. <clears throat> This is great. And by the way, uh, when you come, bring your Bible. Bring your Bible. Uh, you can't, my dad would always say, you can't go to battle without your sword. And, and you, need to know, you need to know I'm reading out the Bible. Because I may not always be here. I may be somewhere else and somebody else. And you need to know, hey, it don't matter. Now, I'm going to do everything I can to, to, to have the people up here that's going to be what they're supposed to be, but you need to know. You need to know because you may not always go to church here. Amen? Have your Bible. It's important. Philippians 2, verse 12. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Watch this. Watch this. Work. 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 Out. Not work for, not work for, work, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now watch this. For it is God which worketh, worketh, worketh both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now what does that mean? When you get saved, God puts something in you. God in the word worketh. It, it means like when, when a cook when a cook has got dough in there and they're putting stuff in it and they're working it in. They're working it in. Y'all know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mixing it in, bringing it, br making, making multiple ingredients one. And what this is saying, that God works into you. He puts into you something that he wants you to work out. What does he put in me? What he wants you to work out. Everything he wants you to be on the outside, God's put in you. There's no excuses. We cannot, when it cannot, well, I just didn't have what I needed to do what God called me. Nope, can't say that. God worked in you. To will and to do of his good pleasure. That new nature is powerful. But we have to, it, it, it requires nurture. Listen. I can't describe to you how important it is for you to take charge of your Christian life. My girls, 
my girls, I try my best to encourage them. Take charge of your life. Be able to take care of yourself. I do not want, I don't, I don't want one of my girls to have to depend on a man. Nary one. I want them to be able to take care of themselves. I want them to be able to provide for themselves. I want them to be able to do all of that for themselves. So when it comes to men, they can be very picky. Because I ain't going to be picky. Amen. Amen. Be able to take charge of your life. Don't depend on everybody else. You don't need to depend on the preacher for your spiritual life. You don't need to depend on your, your mother or your father or your, your Sunday school teacher or that, that, that great Christian. You need to take charge of your own life. If you are a spiritual weakling, it's your fault. Can't blame the preacher. You can't, well, I just ain't been getting good teaching. God done gave you everything you needed. Well, I don't have a good teacher to teach me the Bible. That's a lie. That's a lie. God gave you the Holy Ghost. If you were marooned on an island with just a Bible, you got all you need. Now, I'm not taking away from preachers and good teachers and all that kind of thing, and even good spiritual friends. But if you're constantly dependent on everybody else for your spiritual walk, your spiritual atmosphere, your spiritual state, let's quit it. Don't wait to come see what God told me. I want you to come say, look what God showed me. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going, to take, we're going to take these seven graces that he gives us. We're going to go into great detail of each one. He said, add to your faith with all diligence. Add to your faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience. Y'all with me? All seven of them. Godliness, brotherly kindness, charity. Uh, which one did I miss? Temperance, did I say temperance? There's seven of them. And we're going to talk about each one of these. And how they need to be exercised and evidenced in our life. Because he said, if we'll do this, we'll be fruitful. We'll be fruitful. And if ye do these things and they abound in you, ye shall never fall. Amen? Let's do this. Let's, let's find a place around this altar. And we're going we're gonna to pray for uh, our church, pray for the services this Sunday. Uh, this is going to be the final 